look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, Faisal. Congratulations. Oh, um, I hope you're going to congratulate me on what I think you're going to congratulate me on. Well, you had a great Thursday. I did have a fantastic Thursday. Okay, really quickly, because yeah. we won't have too much time and you talk forever. <laughs> um, what's, what, what, what happened on Thursday? You've okay. got to share the okay, story okay, about okay, this. Okay. This is so, really good. Yeah, thanks. I, I love to golf, as you know, and uh, golf doesn't necessarily love me back all the time. <laughs> uh, so I, I was invited to, uh, to golf uh, on Thursday at the Shaw Charity Classic, the Pro-Am. Um, and I got to tell you, uh, th- uh, Wednesday night, I didn't sleep. Okay. I was, ex- I was both excited and I was nervous that okay. I was going to embarrass myself on, uh, on the Thursday. And, um, I got to tell you, the first two swings were terrible. I was so nervous. I was like a kid. I haven't, I haven't experienced that in decades. And then the, the rest of the day, I, I had a chance to golf with Mark Brooks, uh, the PGA, former PGA champion. Wonderful to watch that happen. A bunch of uh, great guys from Chorus, and we had an, an amazing day, and I putted brilliantly. Maybe it never be repeated again, but I, I did it. I, it was awesome. Fantastic. It was a fantastic day. Great for you. Great yeah, for you. you got to meet some great great guys of the game, and yeah. and uh, apparently you were you were recognized by a, one or two people out there with the, <laughs> being a radio personality, my friend, being on TV and everything. Well, so. it didn't help uh, on the first tee when you hey, <laughs> listen. Oh, no, more. <laughs> people know this. Anyways, it was a great day. Thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing that no, up. We've got you. a pretty cool show today. We're going to talk about um, home modifications, how they could help you stay in your home, home longer. We know that people want to age in place as long as they can, right? Their home is where often they've raised their families, right? There's lots of sentimental value to it, and people get attached to this. Sometimes for too long. Sometimes you know not, that's a difficult decision to make. So how can you stay age in place and do it well? Yeah, right, and be safe. Yep. And we also have um, when people transition to retirement, there's a bit of fear. Yeah. Some of it's financial fear, uh, and there are also married women fear uh, a lot more in retirement. And we're going to talk about some of the issues that come up for married women when their spouses are ready to are ready throw to in the towel. <laughs> yeah, because it's very different. Men and women are very different in this respect, and there's some unique things that the gals think about right uh, when this retirement happens are really we've got lots of yeah. interesting and, anecdotal and evidence make sure you listen too. to that segment if you're transitioning to or you're starting in your retirement you're in the first couple years of retirement a lot of conversation a lot of research out there we're gonna have a good time about that one too we're gonna talk a little bit about some of the you know key things this week that uh, we were talking to people about or common questions that came up but you know the last couple of seminars that we've held have been really interesting. Um, packed houses, which it's nice to see lots of Calgarians coming out, but a lot of uh, really uh, um, interesting questions and concerns and fears about what's going on and how to make sure this thing lasts. Let's remind everybody about our upcoming seminar, and then let's talk about some of the you know the things that we've heard recently and uh, try to address some of the current economics. That's right. On Tuesday, September 18th, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits now we need you to reserve your seats, so give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400, or you can register online by going to morethanmoneyradio.com. People are concerned about the longevity. Can I make this work, right? It's been really interesting. There's a lot of, uh, of news. We'll talk about trade again today. I've, heard, I've had lots of questions about this, but there's lots of things going on right now that raises the, 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 the questions, the, the concern about the 
you know, making sure that this retirement is sustainable. Correct. And there's analysis that needs to be done. Yeah. There's there's a whole bunch of work that needs to be done prior to retirement. And so when you're entering into that that thought process, hopefully you're doing it in advance, five years, yeah. 10 years yeah. in advance. Yeah. But many people are not. It's just right. how the Canadian way works. Well, it's and, human nature to some extreme. Correct. Degree, right? yeah. And so when they when they have to, when it's crunch time and you're ready to, to, to call it retirement where you're going to be living off your savings. Yeah the stress level goes up and yeah. and the whole conversations we've been having are first of all can i retire how much income can i get when i retire and now look at what's happening in the world yeah. and you're looking at you know we've had a i would say a, a bad week when it comes to things that have come out we had the uh, the pipeline issue yeah. that's come out from the uh, federal uh, from the from the courts we we know nafta nafta 2.0 has been an issue um, and then us and china, china yeah. have come out with and the us government's been talking about a 200 billion dollar uh, trade war again on top of the fifty billion that's already been uh, been delivered. So yeah. this is more and more concerns continues about, to escalate. Doesn't yeah, it? and is it going to be? Uh, and then also in the background are a bunch of countries that have had a big problem with their currency: Turkey, Argentina, Venezuela. Um, uh, Venezuela, for example, raising interest rates to sixty percent, sixty percent world record high yeah. uh, on on interest rates to try to help them. It's, it's so far it's not working, but uh, these are the things that come up and. And and what with that going into retirement, um, what do you do? How do you protect yourself? How do you still make money because you still need this your money to grow through retirement? So the concerns yeah. and the risks are coming up. And it's it's it has been a challenging week for that. You know, and, and I'm going to go back and maybe take it over the over the year to date. Uh, this year has been a real challenge. Um, if you look at again from an investor perspective, Faisal, we've got lots of concerns, concerns and fear and uncertainty usually leads investors to diversify, right? So it's we're not entirely clear what's going to work, what's not going to work. And so rather than making an all-in bet in one asset class or one area, we tend to diversify to diversify that risk away. But there's only been one trade that's worked again this year, 100% U.S. equity. And and that's, I think, a very good point that you're making. Um, I, I This week, I spoke to a psychologist. And yeah. Yeah, I get therapy because I'm dealing with you all the time. <laughs> But but uh, but what what she said to me is when fear kicks into a person's brain, yeah, they all the energy goes to fight or flight, yeah, fight or flight, yeah. and uh, fight, flight, or flee. Mm -hmm. Those are the three things that she said, and there is no real blood or energy going to the front cortex of your brain, which basically gives you rational thought. Right, when fear is a bigger driver, sure is. And fear of missing out is a big driver. Yep. And so people look at their portfolios and say, I am not going to make it because I didn't participate 100% of what, whatever market it is. Let's whatever. put in the U.S. market because that's the, yep. the market that's doing Trade well. The day. Yep. And so they start to look at other alternatives. Mm -hmm. And they start looking at alternatives purely with the emotion of it, not the rational thought. And so they make a decision on that emotion and they decide to go, well, we're going to just put all our chips in this one area. Either they do it themselves, they go to another advisor who's saying, this is what I, what I can help you with by putting more money in the U.S. market or wherever it may be. And that reaction can really, really hurt. What you need is a diversified uh, asset dedication strategy. And people will remember the hits of 2008 when you, t let's take the US market that lost 39%. But what they forget is in that same year, bonds went up 21%. Mm -hmm. And that balanced approach saved them in the mm -hmm. downside, yep. Yep. but it's not saving them or making them money. And so the fear is to leave and go somewhere else and take your money where you can well, try to make more money. The fear is to change strategy. You know, we, we harp on this notion of a strategy, and 
my frustration um, in in this area is strategy isn't six weeks or a year. I mean, these are tactical moves, right? Strategy has to be attached to the long-term objectives that the investor has. And this is really, this is an important fundamental concept in our business, right? As a regulatory environment. It's so hard, Dave, for an individual who's seeing performance in their portfolio that's not matching the U.S. market as an example and, and, and have that, I'll use the word faith, trust, belief well, in, in, in that strategy. Yeah. Even though that strategy makes sense to guys like you and me, it's very difficult for some to actually buy into it when, when things are tough. Well, and, and it's twofold. I actually raised this issue with you um, from a different perspective. So you talk about, we often talk about fear and greed, right? That's the two things that drive markets. I, I always call it the fear of missing out. I actually don't call greed because I think, like you just said, I think fear is a much bigger motivator than, than greed is. So fear and, uh, fear and greed, I just call it fear, fear of missing out or the fear of, of principle, loss in principle and, and capital. Um, but the, you know, the, the scariness, the uncertainty of the environment today um, should, should be speaking to a, a very diversified portfolio, but a very diversified portfolio is not working right now, right? It's not. And so this is part of the strategy conversation that I've had with lots of people because you can, do, you can build portfolios to do anything. Correct. Right? And so if you felt that that singular U.S. equity trade was, you know, the place to be, you can, with the push of a button, get all your money into U.S. equities. Um, but at some point, it, it changes, right? Correct. And so do you get the timing right, or do you have a strategy in place that allows you to, you know, determine kind of the risk-return me- metrics that you want? And I think this is really critical. The takeaway from this week and the conversations I've had with people is the frustration around that fear of missing out, as you've said. Correct. And do you abandon a, a strategy to try to chase those returns. Um, and the answer is you can do whatever you want. You better have a strong thesis as to what you're doing and understand the consequences of the decision, right? But it's really interesting to see it's a real mix right now of, of that fear of missing out and the fear of the, the uncertainty that's being created with, you know, where is this Chinese uh, U.S. trade war going to end up, right? We clearly see an escalation in the rhetoric. Yep. We may see an es- escalation next month in terms of the tariffs. What is going to be the impact economically will depend largely on how long it's in place, right? So there's a whole bunch of moving pieces here, but it all feeds back into how people are think the fight, flight, or fee, uh, uh, flee, flee <laughs> right, about, about where does the strategy, what strategy is appropriate for me at this point in my life, with the risk I'm prepared to take, and with the goals and objectives that my family have. Which means full calculation, full analysis, understand the big picture, which means get advice. And I think you know those types of things are what we're going to talk about again on our seminar on, on September the 18th, yep. and those are the kind of things we're going to do. So I think one big fear when people are going through retirement is aging yep. and getting older and having concerns about that. And also many Canadians want to live in their home for the long term. So modifications in your home uh, could help uh, help you live longer there. So we're going to discuss that coming up after the break. You listen to More Than Money on 770 CHQR. Welcome back here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. And um, Faisal, you know, retirement is about more than money. And I got to tell you, one of the areas that people are very sensitive to from a lifestyle perspective is aging in place. Yeah. And, I, and being one of the leads on the health bucket that we discuss mm-hmm. with clients, we start talking about the long term effects of what could happen in your in your health care, what some of the services that you want, where do you want to be. Um, when we start building that that plan, that strategy on the health side, many of our clients have said to us that, you know, I want to be in my home as long as possible. And so at some point, 
you'll have to modify your home to meet the needs that you that you have that required. Um, and so we need to talk about that. We need to have that kind of understanding. And so we have Parminder Reyna. He's the scientific director at the McMaster Institute for Research on Aging and Canadian Research Chair in uh, Geroscience. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Parminder, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. So, so we were just talking about how many people want to stay in their homes as long as they can uh, when they age. What are some of the benefits of home modification versus just moving the location uh, with some level of assistance? Well, as uh, Faisal was mentioning, that if you talk to people as they age, the, one of the number one things we hear that people want to be in their own home, in their own environment, in their own communities, that's where they are productive. And and in order to do that, there are stages in life as we get older that we need to make certain modifications to the home. And these modifications can be for cognitive abilities or functional abilities of the older people, or they can be even for the caregivers who are providing care for the uh, older people. And and I think one of the things to keep in mind that many older adults are eligible for various tax incentives, programs, and services for them to be able to age in their uh, in their own home or in their own place where they want to be. And uh, some of the things that research tells us, and uh, if uh, some of your listeners have opportunity, uh, and they can go to the uh, website. Uh, called McMaster Optimal Aging Portal. It's www.optimalagingportal.org, McMasterOptimalAging.org. And we actually take a look at all the research, synthesize it in a comprehensive way, and write it in a simple blog format that tells people what they should do if they want to uh, uh, stay in their own home and make sure their home is safe for them to stay in. If we sort of take example of uh, modifying your home from the point of view if you have any cognitive limitations or functional limitations, older adults whose home have been adapted and who have also received services from other professionals, it might be occupational therapists, physiotherapists, and nurses who have sort of come and evaluated their environment in which they are living. And these, these individuals, through the use of technology, can help them promote their day-to-day activities. They are, let's say, having grab bars or not having mm-hmm. uh, carpets from which people can slip. So it reduces the risk of falling or fear of falling. So you can actually make very simple changes to your home, uh, which can help you uh, uh, help you sort of minimize the risk that might be associated with if your house is not safe. And as I said earlier on, there are lots of incentives that are available from governments in relation to tax incentives to do these modifications uh, to your home and to be able to live there as long as possible. If we really think about older people or any person we can be very functional, even if we are fairly healthy. But if our environment allows us to be functional, as soon as our environment within which we work, live, and, and function from a day-to-day point of view becomes limited, that starts to introduce the disability that we might experience. So changing your home environment can allow you to do a lot of things that uh, you might not be able to do, as I mentioned, 
making stairs safe, having uh, not having too hot a hot water tank for taking showers, just setting the temperature right so you don't get burns and scalds, or or putting grab bars in bathtubs to make sure you're able to get in and out of the uh, tubs safely. So these are the, some of the simple things that you can do, and also engaging with occupational therapists or physiotherapists who can actually tell you how to improve your strength and balance, how do you want to organize your home environment so you don't trip over things and hurt yourself. Parminder, when should individuals start thinking about this stuff and actually putting the process in of getting individuals, uh, specialists or experts into the home? To Is it when you are in need of those services or is there some pre-planning that people can do? Um, I think as human beings, uh, we only do these things when we need them. But I think as we get older and we are sort of seeing certain uh, things that come with age, it's not a bad idea to start pre-planning. I would say when you're in your 60s and so and so forth, you're thinking about whether you want to change your home, you want to go to a different homes, downsize and things like that. It might not be a bad idea to visit some of these issues and say, okay, how do I make my home safer? Because uh, sometimes you might be quite functional, but your home is not safer and you fall and trip and it starts cascade of events that can actually put you for a risk of declining health for many months and years to come. So you want to prevent those types of events from happening that can start a cascade of negative events that sometimes it's hard to recover from. So I think pre-planning is a good idea, uh, but Unfortunately, some of our incentives and things like that are available. They are associated with certain age cut points that, that the government say if you're over 65, if you want to modify your home, you will get tax incentives. But I think people can start to start thinking about uh, safe homes, uh, same in, safe environments uh, earlier than in their life. There is no magic age number that I can give you, right. but I think it's just a... Uh, uh, thinking from a prevention point of view is always a good idea rather than having a problem and then thinking about it. Uh, Parminder, you've mentioned incentives a few times here. Is there a source or a site, uh, maybe McMaster has this, I'm not sure, that people can access to get a uh, a look at what incentives, tax incentives or otherwise, might be available to them as they explore this, uh, you know, these modifications? I think this varies from province to province and city to city and municipality to municipality. Uh, my advice is that the most provinces in this country have either a office of seniors or ministry of seniors and reach out to them and they can provide you uh, what's available and what's not available. Another one is the uh, if you're looking about home environments, you can go to your city home building and they will have all the information about those incentive programs and sometimes even the people who come and do work at uh, renovations and things like that the contractors mm-hmm. they will have the, that type of information uh, i think it's best to engage with your local authorities and i think cities are a good source of that information okay um, we've got maybe a minute or less here but i'm, I'm interested in um, maybe some of the what you see is the most common um, modifications that are made to homes and or the most effective? I mean, those may be this one and the same. They may be different. I'm not sure. But I'm, I'm curious as to what you see as the most, as the most common stuff. Um, 
one of the biggest challenges as people get older is risk of falling. Mm-hmm. And people uh, fall. And for that, uh, I think one of the first things that most commonly people do is to get a, some sort of a, a residential risk assessment done. And that could be done by an occupational therapist or a nurse. And And then there are whole plethora of interventions that are available to modify homes, such as, as I mentioned, uh, having uh, grab bars in a bathtub area or a shower area because mm-hmm. that can people can slip and fall if they don't have something to grab onto. Having bathtubs that have a non-slip mat, that will help. Having a appropriate lighting around staircases and making sure that there is enough light that people can see where they're going. One thing happens with, as people get older, uh, their their ability to see the differences in light and depth perception changes, and to make sure that there is this very clear lighting in that area so when they're going up and down the stairs, they can clearly see uh, where the steps are and how they are uh, climbing those steps. And the other one is that... Uh, uh, rugs that sometimes can right. slip, yep. and those are the things that you can change. Um, and as probably many of us have seen, our grandparents, they tend to keep wearing their old clothes that they have, and as we age, we sort of uh, shrink a bit. So sometimes people have outfits that are very long, and they mm-hmm. can trip over those and falls. So it's not just the home environment that you have to change, but some of your own things that you Use from a day-to-day point of view uh, are also important. Using some assistive devices, some uh, canes to go up and down will help as well if somebody is in need of that. Parminder, thank you very much. We'll have to leave it at that. Great. Thank you. I've been joined by Parminder uh, Reina, who's a scientific director at McMaster, uh, the, sorry, at the McMaster Institute for Research on Aging. He's also the Canada Research Chair in Geroscience. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, not just the specific of this, but the entire life cycle process of moving into and through retirement and how it changes at different ages, right, and address that as a, as a retirement plan in our upcoming seminar. Absolutely, and we'll be talking about that on Tuesday, September 18th, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. Now you need to reserve your seats. So give us a call at 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. Men and women have some different ideas and thoughts about retirement. Join us after the break. We're going to talk about what married women are most afraid of in retirement. You might be surprised. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with David Faisal. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Faisal, you and I both know, having done this for so long and um, having retired with so many couples now, that men and women don't always see it the same way. Really? (laughs) Completely different. There are different things that they look at. And one of the things that most people come to us about when they sit down is the financial side. And once we talk about that or we actually ask them about, you know, what are you going to do in retirement or what are your biggest fears in retirement? This is where it opens up the Pandora's box, my friend, and well, we get different answers. And it's, uh, I think it's really interesting, but it's also important to recognize the differences between partners because, you know, obviously if, the, if you make assumptions, we know how that often ends. And, and so just understanding that men and women see this differently, and there's some unique challenges that, that married women have in particular, and we've got a terrific guest to help us understand some of those things. Uh, so 
uh, both men and women need to listen to this segment, dudes. You can't tune out because you've got to <laughs> understand there's some differences yes, here. Yes, absolutely. We've got Dr. Dorian Mincer. Now, um, she's a writer, teacher. She's a co-author of The Couple's Retirement Puzzle, 10 Must-Have Conversations for Creating an Amazing New Life Together. Uh, Dr. Mincer, thank you for joining us on the show. Oh, I'm pleased to be here. And what you've been saying is so true. It's such an important area. And men and women really do see things differently. Yeah, truly. So let's let's start. Let's get right at it. So, so what do married women fear most in retirement? In your experience, in your research, well, there are a few things. But one thing that um, becomes more and more apparent um, over the years, now that they're more dual career couples, is women don't want to live their retirement, their husband's retirement dreams. Right. They want some of their own. So I think that's one important thing. They also don't want 24-7 with their partner. As much as they love them, as much as it's a good relationship, uh, work generally provides um, time together and time apart, and that often works well. And so it's a real big adjustment if suddenly both people are home. Can I share with you an experience that that Faisal and I had with a client? This is a number of years ago now, but I think maybe demonstrates some of the differences and, and the problems we can create when we make assumptions. And, and maybe you can address it from the research perspective or whatnot. But we sat with a couple one time and we were doing a retirement plan for them and talking about what retirement was like. And they were adamant that they had talked about it. And they both at some point said, we want to travel. We both love to travel. We, we're going to travel. We said, well, that's terrific. Tell me a little bit about Mrs. X, what kind of travel you want to do. Well, I want to go to New York. I'd love to uh, spend some time shopping that or in L.A. and Rodeo Drive and, you know, this and that and the other thing. And then we said, Mr. X, what would you like to do? Well, I want to spend two weeks in the backcountry camping and fishing. So I said, you guys have really, you're, you're, you, you've talked about this, this travel thing, right? Well, what's interesting about that story, though, is that they assume they're going to do it together. Right. And she's like, I'm, I'm going, going back, back country. And he's like, I ain't going shopping either. So we've got a problem here, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll, we'll let you run with that all for a the second. Time. People yeah. are often not on the same page, and it's so important to talk about and clarify expectations. I think it's really helpful if each person can clarify what their vision is, yeah. and then you can talk together and see where it aligns, where it doesn't. And the beauty is, not everything has to be done together. Yeah. What's what what research tells us is actually the healthiest relationships are when people aren't joined at the hip when there's an interdependence rather than, you know, such total dependence that it feels like you have to, you know, do everything together. Um, but that, that kind of scenario comes up a lot. Uh, the other thing that, that um, is often a worry when you asked me before about worries that women have, um, it's not unusual that, and, and this is a stereotype, but often men's activities are with other people through work. Yes. And so a common fear is that, you know, if the husband isn't working anymore, they're going to be dependent on their wife for their social life. Yes. Yep. And the wife doesn't necessarily want to be the social secretary. She wants to continue doing the things she's been doing, whether it be working or volunteer work or time with friends. Um, and wants desperately for the husband to make friends, but it's much harder for men. And I, you know, I see this happen a lot. 
And I know this segment's on women, not men, but it's often harder for men to um, make connections. Women make connections in the grocery store line. Mm-hmm. Um, men tend not to. So that's, a, that's another big area. Well, anecdotally, I would say, Faisal, our experience validates that. Again, I remember one of our retirement conferences early on when we separated the guys and the gals, and you, we kind of had the opportunity to hover around both you know, areas and listen to what the women were talking about, what the men were talking about. And it was exactly what Dr. Mincer is talking about, right, is the women were terrified that the men were going to be coming home. And, you know, I'm going out for coffee with the gals on this date, and we've been doing this for 20 years. And how do I tell him he's not invited? Like, he's, he's not coming to this thing, right? That, that's, that's not the, that's right. not the gig. Yeah, and, they, and some other things that were that came up, which are similar to the, the, the article in your research, too, on this was, you know, some of them are, are feeling, you know, guilty about wanting to take time apart. Some of these ladies are, 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 are feeling, you know, he may resent you for, for right. you know, being in a, in a different social circle than just revolving right. that social right. circle around the people who live in the same home as, as each other. And so right. there, are, there, are, there are issues here. And so what are some of the things that people can do as a, like, um, an exercise, yeah. a takeaway? What can they do to, to prevent this from happening or try to work on a conversation that they can have going forward? Well, I think having a conversation is really important. And if you're not used to having conversations, it can feel daunting, but it doesn't have to. Uh, what I suggest for people is really thinking about using what are called I statements. I'm thinking about, I'm feeling, um, I want to you know, make a list of what my vision is. I really would like you to make a list of things that are important, just as I mentioned before, and then let's kind of talk about it together. But I think trying to avoid you statements, trying to stick with the I statements, I'm thinking, I feel, I want to talk. Um, you statements, even if it's not intended, like you never want to do what I want to do or things like that, you know, that ends up being perceived as blaming and shaming. And that doesn't get you off on a good start for a conversation. So I statements, avoiding you statements, and don't expect to have a long conversation if you, you know, have tended not to talk about things, but maybe to say, let's sit down for five minutes or 10 minutes tonight and just start talking about what are some of the things we each want to do when we're either not working or working in a different way, what are the things that will give us connection, engagement, and purpose and meaning? Those are, I think, the most important aspects for well-being. And I think talking about it together and talking about expectations, not just the specific things you want, but expectations, and I agree 100% with what you're saying, assumptions get people into hot water. And it's better not to assume you could be right. You know, people have been together a long time. People say, you know, three words and I know what they're going to say. Maybe you do, but maybe you don't. (laughs) It's important to hear it out and listen. But I think talking, knowing that really healthy relationships are when you can do things together and apart. It actually adds um, to the relationship because you have something else to bring to the relationship um, because you've maybe done something exciting without your partner. But expectations, not making assumptions, and really having these conversations and to think about creating your own vision and then try to create a shared vision. And the shared vision could be, you know, first we'll do this and then maybe next year we'll do that. Or, And, you know, you want to try to open a we for the relationship. What's the win-win? You know, what's the way where it's sometimes your way, sometimes my way, but really trying to hear and listen and appreciate what you're hearing from each other, even if you don't agree. Sometimes you have to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings us to what one of the clients that we met with, um, I'd say last year, we were discussing about their 
what they want to do in retirement. They knew they wanted to retire, but their activities were going to be a tough thing. And they really couldn't agree on stuff or couldn't have that conversation. So, you know, Andrew and I stepped in, Dave, and we, we had a conversation about them building their own list. We call yep. it a he list yep. and a mm-hmm. she list. And mm-hmm. then we brought that together. Yeah. We, made a, we actually put it on our whiteboard. And then we created that were some certain common stuff that they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, we asked for 31 things they wanted to do in their retirement. Each. 31 each. each. Yeah, 31 is very difficult mm-hmm. to put together. So we built a he list. We built a she list. And then we saw common theme, themes or, or things that they wanted to do. We made that to become the we list. So we built a 24-month yeah. program where they do some he, some she, some we and then away they go and that that kind of just built the whole program around so i thought that was that was an interesting way of doing it so you know um what are your thoughts in regards to actually writing stuff down and having those kind of conversations Dorian? i think that is a terrific idea i'm sorry that this phone is ringing in the background here okay. um i think that that's a, a terrific way to do it I, I like that you know the it's the same thing of the individual vision that he lists the she lists the we list and then you know, what, what you suggested is beautiful. It's setting up, you know, over you know, what you said, it was 24 months. Um, you want to have, it's similar to a financial portfolio. You want kind of a life portfolio and you want, there's, there can be time frames and it needs to be flexible. You know, nothing's written in stone because the reality is things can change. Finances can change, health can change, um, the relationships, your obligations to other people can change. So, you know, if you can come up with this list, I love the idea of the, you know, the 31 for each of them and then the we and where it aligns, um, because there is going to be some alignment. Um, and, you know, being able to, you know, have it be sometimes, you know, from the he list, sometimes from the she list, sometimes the we list. I mean, it's, it really sets up a nice we, 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 you know, win, win yeah. kind of, yeah. you know, we're in this together kind of relationship. I think it's just a, a lovely way. I mean, it's, it's a great model to use with people. Dr. Mincer, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, If anybody's interested in reaching you because you do some coaching and speaking, consulting around this, you've also co-authored the Couples Retirement Puzzle, which is the 10 must-have conversations for creating an amazing new life together. How can they reach you or get a copy of this book? Well, the book's available on Amazon, and my email is dorian at dorianmincer.com, D-O-R-I-A-N at D-O-R-I-A-N-M-I-N-T-Z-E-R.com. And my website is revolutionizedretirement.com. And I just want to mention on the fourth Tuesday of each month, I do have a free webinar where I interview experts around issues around second half of life. So I just would like to invite your listeners. Sign up always begins the week before, but they can learn about it if they go to my website at revolutionizedretirement.com. Thank you for your time today. We appreciate it all. Thanks. It was lovely talking to you. It sounds like you do great work with people. So thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, doctor. Okay, Faisal, we've got our next seminar coming up here. We should remind everybody because we're going to talk about how to bring this to life. Yeah, lifestyle, finances, putting it all together so you can have the life, the retirement that you want. And we'll be discussing that on Tuesday, September 18th, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. You need to reserve your seat, so give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or go on our website to register at morethanmoneyradio.com. In this particular show, we've talked about finances and we've talked about you know, the relationship side, the softer sides of it. We're going we're gonna to jam it all together and we're going to actually help you understand how to build a lifestyle plan to maximize the success of your retirement in the next segment. Join us after the break. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. 
you know, at the end of the last segment, Faisal, um, I had I'd said, listen, we, we're, we're going to try to jam these concepts together. Um, a successful retirement is not just about knowing your number. It's not just about an investment strategy. It's about a lifestyle and a vision and a shared vision and some different visions, right, which we've learned about. So as, as a couple, as a family, um, you know, there's more to talk about than just trying to figure out what rate of return do I need and what's the number I need to, in, in order to retire because things are going to change all throughout the course of your life that are going to adjust how we refer to the four buckets, right? What's the most important priority for a family at any given time changes throughout the course of your retirement. And I think that's where the process of when you go through your retirement plan is not an, a calculation only. It should not just be plug in numbers, spit out some document that tells you how much income you, you can get in retirement, what kind of rate of return that you need, and off you go. I think there's a lifestyle conversation that you start with and what, what you want to do. And it's very difficult mm -hmm. for many Canadians who are ready to retire or almost ready to retire, just talk about lifestyle first and what you're going to do because that is a big, big difference. And sure. I, I, I say this comment as a joke but only because it really happened. I think it's funny uh, because people are – that's the mindset that some people have is when, I, when they say to me, Faisal, I want to golf in retirement. Yeah. And then I say, okay, where? And they look at me at like – like I'm, I'm not understanding what that means. Like, right. what does golf mean? And I think there's a big difference between golfing in Pebble Beach and golfing at Chaganappy Golf Course here in Calgary. Right. Your lifestyle costs are completely different. Right. So understanding not only what you're going to be doing, where you're going to be doing it, and how much that's going to cost all ties in together. Yeah. And I think that's an important piece. So the lifestyle piece is, is the number one priority. And I think that number dictates one. how the strategy is placed. And we talk about this in our seminars yep. where people are traveling down south to Canada, to U.S. and Mexico, and there should be a currency piece in your portfolio to offset the volatility of currency, as we've seen. Well, if you're sensitive to it, like some people we know have delayed going to the United States because currency has moved against them, and oh, it just it, you know it it affects negatively a the lifestyle, lifestyle experience yeah. that they have in the U.S. and it shouldn't because you can plan for those kinds of things, right? But uh, I, I'm going to go higher level uh, because I I loved I love today's show. I love the fact that we talked about you know this this thinking about about the lifestyle, whether that is from retrofitting your home to allow you to live there longer. We know the, 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 the psychological impact of that. That is not, obviously not a number, but it's darn important for a lot of people in terms of the experience they have. This whole notion of, you know, the 31 things. Man, if anybody takes anything from today's show, go do that with your spouse. It is your spouse. so hard to do that. You and bet. do it separately first is what separately, I recommend. Absolutely. On your own, write down 31 things you want to do in retirement. I'll tell you the first 10 are usually the big ticket ones, travel yeah, and experience stuff thing. Cool things. Second second section or the, the second 10 on the list are more family-oriented stuff. But then when you get to the last 11, man, that's so hard to see what you want to do. And I've seen stuff like, I want to convert all my photo albums onto a USB or, or pull it up to the yeah. cloud because I want to leave that as part of my legacy. That is nowhere near the top 20 when right. most people put that down. Is right. Those types of things, you start to figure out what's really important to you right. and, and you start writing them down and you'll find out that with your significant other, when, you start, when he or she writes that down and you start looking at those two lists, and the differences between the two, and hey, I never knew you wanted to do that, and right. hey, I never knew that we should we could do that together, and then you start building what you want to do. That's an amazing, well, amazing lifestyle in retirement. And and if you're listening, have you ever had the guilt of 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 wanting to go and do something, um, and then your partner agreeing to that, perhaps, and you just feel in the back of your mind guilty somehow that that person wasn't included or whatever the case may be? Have the conversation. Right? So if you've got these 31 things and your partner now understands sort of, hey, this is actually important to me, 
okay? I don't really want to be involved in that, right? Or perhaps uh, eliminate that, that awkwardness that, you, like, you're not involved. For instance, I like to golf, right? I love to golf uh, with my wife, but not all the time. Sometimes it's just about the guys, and yeah. she knows that. And no offense, I love golfing with you, but today you're not invited, yeah. right? And ha- be able to have those conversations so that it doesn't throw a wrench into the relationship, um, and it's that, you know, you, I think of it in terms of a Venn diagram, the he, she, we, right? There's things that you like to do, and a lot of those things she won't like to do, yeah. right? And then there's a bunch of stuff she wants to do, and probably you're not going to be interested in a lot of those. And then there's that middle ground, and then the balance of compromise, right? You do all of those layers, and i got to tell you, the quality of the retirements we see, Faisal, have less to do with the money, the number, and more to do with these issues the conversations, the family dynamics. And so we can't discount. That's why I wanted to push this conversation to a higher level, push it above the financial plan, push it all the way up to the retirement plan, the lifestyle plan. And there is a difference between the two of a financial plan or retirement plan. And you need to have these conversations with your your financial expert. If they're not having those types of conversations, then you're taking on that responsibility. And that's why, you know, that's why you and I got into this type of of, of a practice. You know, yeah. we we focus on retirement not because there's there's investments. That's that's the easy part of our that's business. The, the fun part of our business and what we do in our practice is how do we actually be able to help individuals retire in the lifestyle they want. And that's a very important piece. And so when we start to sit down with 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 families and understand the real vision. And I, I just met with somebody on Thursday, first time they, they've, they've, they, you know, long time listener, but they met, they met they, the first time we got to sit down together, um, wanted to know what we do. And I asked, and he, he didn't bring his wife into the first meeting. And, and I said, I want to know what your wife's vision is. And, and, and he said to me, he goes, you're going to be surprised that all she's been talking about is the vision and not about the money. And right. I said, you're no, going to be surprised <laughs> that this is all about the lifestyle and not about the money. Yeah. And so it's, it was an interesting conversation that we had, and I'm looking forward to meeting her and understanding what her views are in retirement because when we build that he list, she list, and we list, seeing the actual benefit of what they've worked so hard for throughout their life and their retirement is going to come out, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, and I don't want anybody to misunderstand you know, the message. The math is important. It ultimately has to, the math has to work out, but it has to, the math has to be driven by that higher level conversation right, about the vision. And don't assume, as we have seen this so many times, don't assume that you and your partner mean the same thing even if you use the same words. Even if you're saying <laughs> yeah. we both love travel or we both love the grandkids and doing stuff with the grand, that doesn't mean the same thing to to, to both of you. Well said. Hey, well said. Because that's that's the, that's the point we've seen. That's a that's a fun. The human experience of of retirement is the lifestyle. So I'm going to put a challenge out to anybody. If you've got your 31 uh, list ma- made out, send it to us. Send us your 31 list. We'll give you a free copy of our book, Bulletproof Your Retirement. Send your 31 list uh, of things you want to do in retirement. That's going to be the, the challenge of, of okay. this week. I love it. And we'll be giving you away free copies of our book called Bulletproof Your Retirement. Send your copy, uh, your 31 list to our uh, uh, contact us at morethanmoneyradio.com. Okay. Um, we've gone off on, on, on that. We talked about strategy today. We've talked about uh, the fear of missing out. So FOMO, as we call it, we talked about you know, fear of losing principle. So that, that very strong driver of fear in this particular environment. Yep. Strategy, attaching strategy to lifestyle. Yep. But it doesn't go that way. It goes lifestyle back to strategy, right? Correct. Remember the direction of, of how this should Correct. take place, right? You work backwards, not forwards. Okay. And then um, you said something very important. This is a process you should start thinking about, you know, as early as you can. And what we find anecdotally is, uh, Faisal, uh, kind of 10 years, right? As, as people are within about 10 years, this is not a hard number, 
they start uh, 10 years of retirement, they start to really, you know, it, it becomes real for them, right? Yes. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and this that's why we say kind of 10 years in. They're looking for peace and security. They are looking for peace <laughs> and security. So start start that process. We, we often get people that will sit down with us and say, hey, I retired yesterday. Here's my stuff. Yeah, now figure it out. <laughs> Okay. That is a we, more, we can do it. It's yeah, just it's going to it's a challenge, right? Because right. you're you're not preparing in advance. So. Start having these conversations. Start thinking about it right now. Okay, um, let's rem- we got to finish off this uh, this segment. Let's um, let's talk about our upcoming seminar. Yeah, on Tuesday, September 18th, 7 p.m. at the Crowfoot Co-op Wine and Spirits. Register at nine six six eight four hundred. That's nine six six eight four zero zero, or on our website at morethanmoneyradio.com. Okay, another great show, my friend. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm going to remind you that any of our past segments can be accessed on morethanmoneyradio.com in our ARC. We we archive all of this. Or if you uh, don't want to do that, we'll deliver them directly to you. All you have to do is search for More Than Money CHQR on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app, and we'll send it to you each week. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.